0: Hey friends, Jordan Woods Robinson here from AMC's The Walking Dead and Blue Man Group. And this is PopX Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. We're a geek podcast for geek culture, so are you ready to get your geek on? Sit back, relax, grab some gluten-free non-GMO popcorn, and let's dive into the world pop culture bliss.
1: You are listening to PopEx Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Pop X Cast. Captain's log, supplemental.
0: PopEx Cast.
1: Pop. Pop.
0: hasta la vista, baby. Hey guys, welcome to PopX, where science fiction meets pop culture. I'm Austin Burke, your Appalachian geek at heart. We'd like to welcome everyone joining us live in the PopX.live chat room. Come hang out with us and join the conversation at PopXcast.com. If this is your first time tuning into PopEx, the first 20 minutes or so, we run down the headlines since our last show, and then we dive into the show topic at the halfway point. But right now... I want to introduce the man, the myth, the legend, Joseph Burke. Joe, how you doing, man? <laughs>
1: no, I'm a little under the Just messing with you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Oh, my God, dude. It has been such a while since we recorded an episode. And I know a lot of our fans at PopX have been like, what is up with these guys? What what, what are they doing? Or or, or, or what happened to X? Well, guys, hold your, hold your horses for a little bit. Um, personally, let me answer Austin's question, then I'll tackle the other one. I'm doing awesome. It's Christmas. i got the tree up. We're about two days away from just unwrapping everything under that tree and just having an amazing time. So I'm pretty excited, and I, I know you're probably pretty excited too. So it's Christmas. What's not to be excited about? And I do understand Christmas is not it for everybody. But for me, I kind of like it. So there we go. Uh, but uh, we actually, for the past couple of months, we had, uh, we had a death in the family. So Austin and I, about a month ago, we had to go travel all the way back to Kentucky and uh, partake in that. And that was um, uh, kind of a uh, Austin, had, it, it was expected. It was our grandmother, she passed, but uh, it was just one of those things. You know, we, we had to come together and do what we had to do and, and, and for family and stuff like that. And uh, a grandmother was an amazing patriarch of the family. want to say that first and foremost. I think if it wasn't for her, Austin and I and our creative arts. Creative connections would not be intact because um, grandmother instilled in both of us to be creative, to be musically inclined, to be artistic, to just do all of that stuff. And that I kind of feel a little bit of that came from her. Don't you feel that way?
0: Oh, I feel like, uh, you know, she's the reason. And really, if you look at it, th- these were the times when we connected, too. We would always mm-hmm. go to Grandma's house and meet up. And, and, you know, that's kind of how we grew up and established this connection. And then I came on board for PopEx and the rest is history. But it really all spawned from her. So yeah. she was a really important part. Both of our lives, you know, it was, it was a very difficult week. It was a difficult time.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but Joe... Yeah.
0: if there's one good thing that could have came, fr- came from it we got to see family and I got to hang out with you a little bit and, and this, nice. this is
1: also true we got to share a chicken leg together and uh, if you know anything about an Appalachian funeral there's probably not a chicken left in the entire county uh, by the time that they get done with the funeral but uh, <laughs> but uh, that was a little, little fun Appalachian humor for you but uh, it is definitely good to be back I actually now as a matter of fact so that was in November let's fast forward to the end of November I had to get ready and go travel because I was getting ready to celebrate my 40th birthday. Um, so I went and did that up in Chicago, and I actually have a picture. Can I show a picture right quick? Oh, yes. Okay. Sure. All right, so... Uh, let you know, what I've been doing for the past 20 years for Blue Man Group is I organize these marketing meetups where fans the, from the community, we get together, whether it's in New York, Boston, Chicago, Las Vegas, Orlando, or globally in Berlin or wherever the a venue is at the time, we all get together, we break bread, we see a show, and we just share in the passion. I've been doing this for 20 years at Blue Man Group. And uh, this past, uh, just December the 7th, we celebrated my 40th birthday and look at this uh, there's a cool picture here if you're seeing it out on the live stream if you're watching on the podcast I do encourage you to come check out the live stream but uh, a really great host of people here there's my wife beside me and just a bunch of great friends that I've been friends with for over 20 years uh, thereabouts uh, specifically the actors and the blue men themselves uh, just the whole Chicago company treating me like royalty and uh, it it was some of it was just like a little hard to swallow because I was just given so many accolades I feel I don't deserve. But uh, I want to give a huge shout-out to my friend Boomer Galassi, who is the team captain, Blue Man, at Blue Man Group Chicago. Thank you, Boomer, for all that you did, and for all the fans who traveled from Denver, uh, from Bloomington, Illinois, uh, from Texas and beyond. Thank you, guys. And Indianapolis, Indiana. There was just so many. uh, Baltimore. There were just so many people there just for this show to celebrate with me my 40th birthday. And wow. for that, I'm eternally grateful. So that's where I was for eight days in Chicago, dude,
0: eight days in Chicago. I'm just saying. Yeah. I was seeing your, your pictures on Facebook, kind of following your journey, man. It looked like you guys had a, an absolute <laughs> blast. It was crazy, dude. Man, It was crazy. Did you
1: just say 40? I did, did say 40.
0: You look good for 40. What do you think Does about you it? Yeah? Good? I think he looks good. For 40. I
1: stop it. Seriously. I love you, man. <laughs> well, you ready to open this thing up and get into some news? Yes, sir. All right, so so how, who are you? How can people find you? Have we done the official intros of each other yet? I don't think we have.
0: I did my intro, but you All guys right. can right. find me on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at the Burke-inator. No, I'm just kidding. Now,
1: I do want to say, I was on your feed today. You're about to hit 50K. Ain't
0: getting close. <laughs>
1: that is a huge freaking feat, Mr. Burke.
0: Thank you, man. Congratulations. You no, know, it, uh I recently went... I don't even know if I gave you the confirmation that I did. So I, I recently went full-time, uh, officially. I, I am I am only working YouTube. So I've had a lot of time to to kind of flesh things out on there and, and mm. do some side gigs, of course, to kind of build up a brand. But, man, it's it's really paid off. It, my wife's been so supportive. Uh, but I'm loving it, and I'm trying to put out a video a day. So we're going to see go. how, how long that goes.
1: <laughs> well, congratulations. And you know what? For 2020, dude, you're going to hit $100,000. I'm just calling it right now. By this time next year, you'll be at over 100K. There you go. I am Joseph Burke, Central Florida, a seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast, and, and I just want to say that we're a part of an amazing network of creative collectives from a vast expanse known only to the universe as the Creative Multiverse. Now, this network of creatives is lightly sprinkled with talent that surpasses even what our own imaginations could even fathom. For more information on the Creative Multiverse, visit us on our Facebook group page, and we're also on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at the Creative Multiverse. Now, we're eager to see what creative talents lies deep within you and so if you missed episode uh, 103 the joker review which was, seemed like a oh my gosh a long time ago but it really wasn't a long time ago but it was uh, was in the back of our brains check out our official website popxcast.com for this and a lot of pretty cool creative archive past shows 103 of them, to be exact, after tonight. And uh, be sure to head over to Google Play, iTunes, and after the show. And click on that subscribe button and catch up on some amazing shows from the PopEx Collective Archive. And while you're there, we'd love for you to leave us a glowing and beautiful five-star rating and review. Whether you're on Google Play, iTunes, or Spotify, or wherever you get your stream from, we would definitely appreciate that. Austin, are you ready for some news, my friend? Oh, I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready to kick this thing off? Because, I mean, I'm kind of sitting here waiting. I'm like, let's do this. You know what? Before I forget, I also want to give a huge shout out right quick. We have Luke McCracken. Jason Bryant, David Farrell, Brandon Schwab, Sean Hockney, John giovanni Preto, and we have just a host of people watching us right now on our Facebook live stream. And if you're watching this stream right now, please click like and share, and be sure to host the feed on your own timeline as well. That would be greatly appreciated. With all that said, we'll be right back. News is coming up. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is PopEx News. Come to you live right here on PopXCast.com. All right, Austin, you get the honor and privilege leading
0: us off this week. Let's do it. So the Force is strong with the latest Star Wars film, (laughs) The Rise of Skywalker. Early numbers indicate the final chapter of the Skywalker saga has already earned $40 million from Thursday evening previews, Mm -hmm. providing the fifth largest preview night ever. Mm -hmm. It's bombing, isn't it? Uh, That's just a million ahead of Avengers Infinity War's. $39 Thirty-nine million dollar take in 2018. Force is strong with the uh, latest Star Wars film because early. Uh, however, the film did open 57 million on Friday. Uh, I'm sorry, just the document was kind of messed up. It's okay. Uh, but so 57 million dollar opening on Friday for the Force Awakens. The Last Jedi, 45 million dollars, 40 million from Thursday evening previews. So taking not a significant drop, but mm. a bit of a drop. And I understand mm-hmm. why some people are kind of concerned in that regard, but yeah. it is kind of the end of the saga. Uh, that's just a million ahead of, like I said, Avengers Infinity War is $39 million. See, that shocks me as well, because Avengers Infinity War we looked at as this giant, like, whopping huge movie that's bringing in all of this money, whereas this movie, you know, makes... A million dollars more for those Thursday night previews. But a lot of people are looking at this as not necessarily a failure, but oh man, The Rise of Skywalker is disappointing at the box office. If you compare it to the prior two movies, yeah, yeah. sure. But if you look at the divisive critic reviews and even the B plus cinema score, to me, I think that's a great number yeah. especially the fact that that the last Jedi was so divisive and solo really underperformed box office expectations that did that movie even come out I don't remember but the 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 rise of skywalker is a movie that I think is faring pretty well at the box office yeah. it's not going to hit that 200 million dollars but it's going to come just below and in my mm-hmm. opinion that's okay
1: that is okay. You know, it's, it's really interesting. You know, you think about the legacy of both franchises, whether you're talking Marvel Entertainment or Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. You know, Lucasfilm is is nine films. Uh, you know, if you, if you exclude all these side story tangents and all that stuff, it's essentially yeah. nine films a, a, across 40 years, okay, if yeah. you look at it. You know, and so, well, actually 41 years. If you look at Marvel, it is actually 20-plus films across uh, 12 years. And so... Oh. You know, you think about the hype and the cross pollination between all the films of the MCU. You can't you can't compare apples to oranges. You can't say that Star Wars is in the same league as Marvel. It's not. Uh, you know, Star Wars is a space opera first and foremost. That's exactly what it is. And um, then you think of Marvel. You know, Marvel is kind of technically a space opera, but taken on Earth with multiple heroes and multiple. You know, you have you think of Endgame. You had twenty some hero, forty some heroes lined up to battle Thanos. Well, in 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 this one, you had three against one, essentially, if you think about it. So and, you can't really compare. And I'm trying to get with the numbers here, but I'm just saying it, yes. It, it 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 makes sense with with Marvel, twenty plus films yeah. across twelve years, nine films across forty one years. A little bit of a different. You know, there's gaps. And, you know, George Lucas kind of destroyed us on the prequels. I'm going to say that first and foremost. So there was a little bit of not high expectation coming into this new trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think J.J. Abrams did the best he could with it. But that's all I got to say well, about Well, and that.
0: everybody's they're, – they're trying to compare it to The Force Awakens. See, The Force Awakens was this once-in-a-lifetime event that's just never going to happen again. We had – a large gap, right? Maybe not as large between uh, Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace, but yeah. it was still this large gap during a time when blockbusters are bigger than they've ever been. Mm-hmm. Then The Force Awakens gets announced and everybody says, okay, and this is when people hated the prequels. Yeah. Some have come around on the prequels and it's crazy to think about that. I don't but, like the but,
1: sound. It feels coarse. Yeah, anyway, yeah, sorry. Exactly. Move on. But,
0: and Yeah, you're, you're exactly <laughs> right, man, but I do think the gap between what, what was it, 10 years between Revenge of the Sith 80, and the Force Awakens? Yeah, something 80,
1: like that. Yeah, yeah. So, well, let's see. 83 was the uh, Return of the Jedi, and mm-hmm. then Phantom Menace was ninety 99? 92. No, 94, I think. Wasn't it? It was later.
0: I thought it, I thought it was. No, no, no. 99. 99. Yes. Yes.
1: 99. You're so right.
0: So, that's a big gap, right? And the Phantom Menace yeah. did great. 16 at the years. Time, but the Force Awakens, dude, yeah. this was. This was something else. like, And people are comparing The Last Jedi to that, so mm-hmm. there's no way it was going to make as much as The Last Jedi. But the fact that it's still making as much as the best of the best what, with what Marvel's doing yeah. right now with all of these heroes lined out, it's pretty impressive, man. It is. So I think it's faring well at the box office so far. Now we have to see how next weekend goes, because if that drop-off is 60%, 70%, yeah. it may not be great.
1: Well, we'll I will be taking my wife, Alex, to see uh, at the Disney dine-in, experience at Disney Springs nice. tomorrow night at 845. Nice. So I will be seeing my nice. second viewing of that. Alright, moving along here with the news, I want to make sure we stay on topic because we do have a hefty discussion of Star Wars tonight. Earlier this year, Marvel Studios confirmed that the What If will be the company's first original animated series for Disney+. Plus. Now, like the comic of the same name, What If, we'll explore alternate worlds where stories played out differently. Now, during the CCXP earlier this month, which is a conference, uh, Kevin Feide confirmed that the What If Season 2 has already been budgeted and planned and in post-production. So they've not even rolled out What If Season 1. They're already working on Season 2. And so it's going to be pretty hype from what I can tell. But uh, via BuzzFeed uh, Brazil, Feige said, I'm very happy that we're doing What If Series for Disney right now. I've seen most of them. And from... from, uh, uh, He said, we have 10 for Season 1. So there's going to be 10 episodes. And we're already uh, working on the next 10 for Season 2. Faggy went on to mention that the first episode of the series, which will explore the world of Peggy Carter, took the super soldier serum and become Captain Carter. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Now, in that timeline, Steve Rogers fought alongside Captain Carter in an early Iron Man armor. Haley Atwell will reprise her role as Peggy for the episode in the voiceover. So they're getting all the heavy. Even Tony Stark himself, RDJ, has been confirmed to come in and reprise his vocal roles for this.
0: This is impressive.
1: <laughs> it's freaking, and impressive. I
0: say that because yeah, it's not often you can bring in these these big time, a uh, Chris Evans, a uh, Robert Downey Jr. to these roles, and you can look at it and say, well, it's an animated show, but it's and it's an offshoot of the universe, but. This is the power of Kevin Feige, man. He's yeah. holding up that Infinity Gauntlet, and he's saying, "Join me as we expand the Marvel Universe." So I hope season one kills it. I know that there are at least going to be a few episodes that I'm sitting here salivating over. So I can't wait, man. This sounds, this sounds fantastic. Yeah, to me. it really does.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, I think that they're they're able to do things here for the first time on Disney Plus that they've never been able to do before. Yeah, and you can you, you can get away with that in animation and cut half the, you know, you, you don't even have near the overhead cost because animation's a lot easier to do and yeah. with what Warner Brothers is doing with DC animation did you see the Red Sun trailer by chance?
0: Yes! yes.
1: Dude! I'm telling <laughs> you <laughs> shut up and take my money that looks like an, I mean I've read the comic but this yeah. looks like insane I can't wait oh my god I'm just so excited alright Austin you're going to have to move on because I can't I can't all right. take it let's anymore let's transition
0: from one streaming platform to another yes. Netflix so it looks like Netflix uh, is all in With the He-Man franchise, just months after announcing the new He-Man animated series from Kevin Smith, the streaming service is hard at work on yet another Masters of the Universe project. Deadline reports that Netflix is teaming up with Mattel Television to create an original CG animated series called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So based on this report, we'll have a fresh take on the franchise with some reimagining. The series won't compete with Smith's project. Instead, uh, it, it will also be a Brand companion. Two. Ooh, all right. Well. Okay. Sure. Interesting. But okay. Sure. Uh, here's the official description from Netflix: On the planet of Eternia, a young lost prince discovers the powers of Gray Skull and transforms into He-Man. Masters of the Universe: uh, The classic battle between He-Man and the evil Skeletor. <laughs> that's what Madison calls me uh, rages to new heights as both heroes and villains forge new and mighty teams. A new generation of heroes fighting for the fate of us all. In the end, who will become master of? the universe i know there are multiple wow. masters of the universe joe but who cares take my money I mean, I'm.
1: I'm you? <laughs> well you know i think it's really cool that we're living in an era now where retro and pop culture is more and more appreciated in the franchises i mean we're getting television shows made about our childhood essentially you know the toys that made us the the, the movies okay. that made us and uh, if you've seen the toys that made us uh, number three, uh, well, actually, it's season one when they talk about Masters of the Universe. In season three, they're talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But it's just really awesome because the energy surrounding pop culture and that period between 1978 and 1985 is is such an etched-out time frame for a lot of people, I mean, myself included. I mean... Watching he mans and the Masters of the Universe come when the episodes were airing for the first time, watching these as a child, it was just mind-blowing. But now that pop culture is on board, and these companies have kind of like woken up out of their dead sleep and decided to really start hopping on the bandwagon. What better way to do it than Netflix? where they can be creative they can take a franchise and give it a new spin with this new cgi platform that they're talking about and then someone like kevin smith can come along and just totally work his magic and do his own story i'm totally okay with that if it's he-man and it's being produced i'm okay with that i have no problems with that and i think it's just i think it's awesome and i think it just echoes the times that we're living in and um I think that big corporate is just seeing that, oh, my God, these things, people hold near and dear to their heart. Let's go that way. And I think that's a good move.
0: Well, as of now, it's almost what DC is doing with their main universe and this Joker movie. It's an offshoot. It's an
1: offshoot, yeah.
0: And we could end up having another Joker in this Robert Pattinson Batman movie, but they hope that the fans can understand that they're two separate things, and that's exactly what they're doing with, with He-Man. They hope that the fans can comprehend, and they used to be afraid of this, but I think they've realized we're not stupid. We're, no. <laughs> we can separate these two things, so let's see which one's better, but let's not make it a competition. Let's rejoice in the fact that we have two he- well, He-Man well, That's let's, awesome.
1: Let's look at Christopher Nolan, for example. he done a trilogy based on yes. what he wanted. He wanted Batman to be more realistic and more relatable. Absolutely. And he yes. nailed it. All three mm-hmm. films are spectacular in their own right. And so, it, does does his fall in the timeline of Tim Burton's nineteen? No, it doesn't. But it's a his own take on the character, and right. I think I think that's what you're looking at when you're going into Masters of the Universe. So, moving on here, uh, looks like this week uh, starts with some good news for Star Trek fans. According to the report by Deadline, it seems that CBS has now renewed Star Trek Picard for a second season before the first season has even aired. Again, we're getting, uh, I mean, people are already expecting this to blow it out of the water. Now, the new 10-episode series by Alex Kurtzman will be available on CNN, CBS All Access starting next month, January 2020. According to Deadline's own sources, the production of Season 2 should begin as early as spring. Now, Captain Jean-Luc Picard's adventures will continue for at least 10 more episodes for the late 2020 or early 2021 release. Star Trek Picard will see a new face in the writing room in its second season, even though Michael uh, Caban, Caban, uh, the show's first season showrunner, will stay with the series as an executive producer. He will transition to the Showtime adaptation of his novel, The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, sometime next year. So it sounds like they're really anticipating this Picard series to be a home run. They're really... um, I'm, I know personally I am, too. I am i can't wait to see the, the continuation story of Jean-Luc Picard. And I'm a huge trackie. I know you are, too, Austin. Are you excited oh, yes. for Jean, for Picard? Uh,
0: I am. <laughs> but the look on my dad's face when I showed him that trailer, man. Really? I don't think there's anyone else in the world more excited. Because dad literally he looks at me and goes, That's my show. That's my show. That's my boy. <laughs> That's what he said. And I'm like, I just I get so excited yeah. when I show my dad stuff that I know he loves me. Yeah. So we're going to be watching this together every episode. Man, I am so thrilled for this season of television. It's going to be great.
1: But how, how cool is that, though, that they've created a show where you and I grew up on the next generation. Mm-hmm. And now that our fathers who introduced us to Star Trek, yeah. we can sit down with them and watch a whole new show together. And, and, and literally the whole next generation experience is relived all over again.
0: Ain't that crazy? That's
1: man. cool, dude. <laughs> It's crazy. My dad dad called me up. He said, did you, hey, Buck. No, this is my dad. Hey, Buck, did you hear about that new show with Patrick Stewart? I'm like, yeah, but I heard about it. He's like, I don't have CBA all access. Do you have it? I'm like, yeah. Can we watch it together? Sure, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) I'll provide the service. You bring the popcorn. We'll do (laughs) it.
0: Let's go. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Yeah.
1: It's a good time, though.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what we want. Well, I do, before we move on. A little note about this Mortal Kombat movie, man, and I I do want to hit on this real quick. Mortal Kombat uh, began production back in September with screenwriter Greg Russo providing a teaser image on Twitter. Actor Ludi Lin provided a brief look behind the scenes earlier this week with a brief uh, fighting video featuring his character Liu Kang. Man, they wrapped production so quick on this movie, which Mm -hmm. feels kind of scary, but at the same time, it also feels kind of confident i don't know what are your thoughts on this mortal Kombat movie because it's done like it's it's they're editing right now well it's crazy to me I,
1: I think honestly that um i think it's going to be uh i think it's gonna be fantastic because i think what nether realm studios have done already with the video game they pretty much essentially created a movie within the video game itself already you just get to play the movie mm-hmm. that's the only difference and I think with just all the lore and all the, the, the story that they've written already in the video games, they have so much to pull from. And so it's not just about Shang Tsung or Goro or Shao Kahn anymore. It's about a bigger story. And it's about uh, with modern day effects. I just can't wait to see what Scorpion and Sub Zero look like. Come on, dude! I mean, shut up and take my money. Uh, if he says get over here in the movie, I'm all right. My ten bucks is well spent. I'm good. I'm good. Get over here. You know what's coming. <laughs> wait a minute. Get over here. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but you get the point. You know, it's just like I, I'm a fan always will be a fan. I love the original 1994 film. I, I will always love that film. And the soundtrack was even as good as the movie. And so, yes, I'm, ex- I'm pretty hyped for Mortal Kombat, actually. But it did wrap uh, just a couple of weeks ago. They were filming in Australia. And so they're done. It's in post now. Are you excited about it? Or are you on the fence about it? I know I, you're, I, you you're know, kind I of a big nervous. critic guy, so.
0: I, I was nervous at first, man, but it really is... It's exciting because I looked at they had a picture of the cast the other day and how Mm. similar every cast member looks to their characters. And I'm telling you, man, they couldn't have cast this movie better just from a look perspective. Now we have to see how they actually perform in the film. Uh, But I think this one could be one of the biggest Mm. surprises for next year. I really do. There are a few movies of these smaller, like, Mm-hmm. franchise films that we've seen before and that are coming back that I think are going to surprise. But I think at the top of that list for me is Mortal Kombat. So nervous, hesitant, but also really, really excited because this could be the first great video yeah. game movie. And that, that excites me. Well, we'll
1: ask it out to the fans to watching us live right now over on Facebook Live. What do you guys think about Mortal Kombat? The new, the re, revamp, relaunch, reboot yes. of, the, of the film. Are you excited? You going to go watch the film? Do you have expectations for it? Are you a fan of the video game? So let us know. Leave your comments below, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on with the last one now. I was in Chicago actually last week when all this stuff dropped, uh, which was I was sitting there in my hotel room and the subway train going by every fifty seconds, literally. And and and, and here is like seven a.m. the drop, Ghostbusters. So let's talk that. I know I know we can't roll the the video right now because they'll copyright us, but. Are you excited about this new spin on the Ghostbusters franchise?
0: I am. <laughs> and I wasn't at first. I'm like, oh no, rolls eyes, here we go again. Because <laughs> the, the 2016 movie just didn't work for me, man. Uh, but this movie, this movie looks good. Now, they're using the trope of I feel like every nostalgic feeling movie has to get a group of kids. Yeah. So that's just what you got it. Yeah, yeah. And they even got one of the Stranger Things kids. I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. But the trailer hit me, man. And Paul Rudd genuinely looks like he's perfectly cast into his role. So this is exciting so far, man. He I felt, like the trailer.
1: He looked very comfortable in that yes. role. And perfect. and it was just like, okay, that was a perfect casting call for sure. <laughs> it was. Um, yep. And I, I do like how they're telling this story from the perspective of the inherited children of this legacy mm-hmm. that they may not know much about. Do you you know what I'm saying? Like oh, the yes. spangler and all of that. And Oh yeah. And I was just like, holy cow, she looks just like Egon. <laughs> <Don't> she does. <laughs> it was like what great. Heck? It was like, oh my God, Harold Ramus. Yeah. That's, he would be he would be proud of that moment right there. He would. And then we also had the other trailer for Birds of Prey as well. Mm-hmm. Now um this is coming off the hymns of the Suicide Squad. And mm-hmm. uh, Suicide Squad two, which is already in production, I do believe, with James Gunn. Yes. But this is Birds of Prey, which is an alternate storyline. Now, it looks like it's a movie. It looks it should it should have renamed it Harley Quinn. Yes. Because it looks like a movie about the origin and and just follows Harley Quinn and how she mm-hmm. finds a band of misfits becomes the bird of per, Birds of Prey. Are you excited about that?
0: I'm. Yes. Do we do we need a Birds of Prey film? That's that's my problem. This <laughs> film does, doesn't does feel necessary. Now, that first trailer came out, and I, I like the tone, the vibe of the first trailer, but it could also be called Harley Quinn's Deadpool because that's what it feels like. <laughs> she's talking to the camera. She's talking to the audience, and and they think that Birds of Prey is a more recognizable IP. I beg to differ. I think the movie should have been called Harley Quinn Ant, right? And I, really? she's in the title. It's like the Emancipation of the yeah. blah, blah. blah. Yeah. But don't call it Birds of Prey. Call, call it The Harley Quinn Chronicles or something stupid like yeah, that. Yeah. But once again, this could be another one that comes out and surprises because Suicide Squad has this just bad taste in yeah, my mouth. And if yeah. this movie comes out and delivers, and I believe it's rated R as well then it could take that taste out and get me immensely more uh, excited for suicide squad too. So I hope it does that, but I am a tad bit. I
1: think they're, they're trying to use Harley Quinn as kind of like the scapegoat of Deadpool breaking the fourth wall barrier and um that could either be a really fun thing or that could be a flop and so i guess time will tell on that one but i kind of picked up on that i was like wait she's not got a red mask on what the heck (laughs) you know (laughs) sitting here watching it but all right guys that is the news for this uh this episode and um, we're actually going to go ahead and transition in now we got about 30 minutes we're going to just hit pretty hard Uh, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker Episode 9 before we do that though We're gonna have to roll our spoiler alert warning now if you've not seen Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker yet Now I will say that we're going to discuss some spoilers some pretty heavy spoilers And so if you're not wanting to be in on that discussion We kindly encourage you to maybe hit the pause button and go see the film and then come back and pick it right up on our live stream Okay, but uh, don't go anywhere Star Wars coming up next. Danger.
0: You are about to enter a pa spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is no return. You have been warned.
1: You have been warned. Beyond this point, there is no return. Now, Austin, I. Uh, I'll share a couple of opening thoughts, but I want you to do what you do best, and that's just unpack this thing and dissect it best as you can. Mm. Um, For me, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of expectation into this after Ryan Johnson's fiasco with The Last Jedi. I was just really kind of emotionally damaged because I felt like my entire childhood was thrown in in a lake, literally, Luke's throwing his lightsaber into a, a massive abyss of water, but I, I I going into this, there was a lot of things. There was a lot of fan service, which is okay. I'm I'm okay with fan service. I, I kinda ate it up actually. Uh I think that JJ Abrams did the best he could with the hand that was dealt with him. And all the loose ends from The Last Jedi and all the loose ends and all the plot holes from um, the first one, uh, The Rise. uh, What was it? Uh, Yeah. It was just like, holy cow, J.J. did a really phenomenal job with what he was given. And it wasn't a perfect film by no means. I don't think that there were, I don't think any of the Star Wars, would you, would you could say any of the Star Wars films is a perfect film?
0: Out of all nine?
1: All the, nine. The main ones? Yeah. I would
0: say Empire comes close, but I... Empire's close for me, but but that would be the only one.
1: Empire, would, Empire would be close for me. Empire would definitely be my number one, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the Force Awakens, probably a close number two, actually. I love Force Awakens. Force Awakens yeah. is good on its own, and I think that's J.J. at his best.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think if they would have stuck with J.J. on all three, we would have had a story continuity unlike anything we've ever seen. But that said, um, I do feel that J.J. wove together uh, as the Russo brothers would do, uh, you know, in the MCU. I think he wove together as best as he could, being the seasoned director and, and everything that he is. He really bring. He I felt when I walked out of the theater, I had some finality to the series and the Skywalker saga. I felt like I was like, okay this is this is a finality this is an ending that i can i can agree with that i can see happening this is this is feasible for me um so i want to cut over to you i don't want to be doing all the talking so what overall thoughts pick it out do it dissect
0: general general thoughts i you know i i i actually don't hate the last Jedi because I think it's a very well-made movie and I think it's 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 technically spectacular from a story perspective I don't think it's Star Wars Mm. I don't and I hate to say it like that because when I first watched the movie I'm like yeah because it looks great like Ryan Johnson I think is a brilliant filmmaker and he proved that this year with Knives Out which is top 10 of the year for me yeah I think he's a great director but he doesn't work well in this saga No. Because he was far too concerned with his own ideas uh, other than what J.J. set up in The Force Awakens. But I don't even blame Ryan Johnson for that. I blame Disney for that. And I I don't want to jump on that bandwagon, but as much as we talk about the prequels for being bad movies, because I think two out of the three are bad movies, Mm -hmm. at least they had an end goal at least they had a story from beginning to end, we're going to start here, we're going to end up here, and we're going to fill in that middle with this, this, and this. And George Lucas, say what you will about his direction, and I'm right there with you, Mm -hmm. but he had a story, and he he executed. Same thing with the original films. Now, I've heard some stories around that maybe the original trilogy was a bit up in the air on some choices in the movies, but even then, they made it work. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the big studio overhead that Disney is now. With Disney, and I love Disney, I'm not smack-talking Disney, but they did not have a plan with this movie. And there are so many things about The Rise of Skywalker that unfortunately I think showcase the fact they didn't have a plan because they just pull things out of their butt at the beginning of this movie. <laughs> and like, oh wait, even though this was never established in the previous two films, here's a thing, and here's a thing, and I know we're talking spoilers, I'll get into it in a minute, yeah. uh, but... My thoughts walking out of the rise of Skywalker is well, I think the critics are kind of being too harsh because I've seen some people saying this is this is awful. I'm like, wow. okay, back up. Some people said this is worse than Attack of the Clones. What? N- what are you talking? I'm sorry. Wow. But what what? Wow. What? Wow. And I get as a as a capper to a trilogy, maybe it does fumble some things, but I'm just like, I could. I could watch 10 minutes of this and say, duh, this is better than Attack of the Clones. But I do understand that this is a movie that just... They just had to fill in so many gaps.
1: There's a lot of gaps, dude.
0: There's a lot of gaps, There's a lot of gaps. And the first two movies were so different in ideology that it makes this movie look worse than I think it actually is. And that's a shame because I do think there's some great ideas, some great moments, some really epic things about some characters in The Rise of Skywalker. And I do have a feeling that it could age maybe a bit better than The Last Jedi because, like I Mm. said, when I walked out of The Last Jedi, I'm like, oh, that was... It was good. a good, well made <laughs> movie, but I don't know if this worked. I think this could actually age up because of, like you said, the fan servicing moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even the fan servicing moments, and it does bother me because it's like they just took everything that people were saying and they meshed it all together in a non cohesive way. But it's also like, well, I mean, I am a fan. Yeah. But, so I like to be serviced, not <laughs> Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> mm. I, I just, I feel, like, wow. I feel like this is a movie that, that, had to jumble together things to end off a lot of story arcs, and even in doing that, left some story arcs open. Now, all of that being said, I still had fun with the movie. This is not me hating on the film, because I think it's a pretty good movie, but still, I think it could have been better. Yeah. And those are just some general thoughts. Yeah. I want to throw
1: it back over to you. No, no, no. I, I'm talking I, No, 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 no. Exactly what I wanted you to do. I mean, I'm thinking about like the whole retrospective. There was a lot of like plot holes and there was a lot of like character dynamics that had to come. You think of uh, like, you know, you're you're coming to the end of a saga of a nine film, 42 year saga. You have to have some form of finality to it all. And, mm-hmm. and the questions had to be, you know, asked, you know, Carrie Fisher passed away. How do we handle that? Uh, there was, there was a lot of like, what do we do with R2 and 3PO? What do we do with, uh, Chewbacca? And, and, you know, uh, I will say they had me at Chewbacca, you know, the whole death scene when he was on the escape pod. I was like, I was sitting there watching. I was like, is that really how he's going to go out in an an explosion on an escape pod in a random planet? (laughs) Uh, Was it Tatooine or something they were on? I was just like, I was like, why? (laughs) I remember asking. I was, in, I was sitting here with a friend of mine in the theater we, from church, and I was like, I looked over and I was like, "Why? That, <laughs> that wasn't even a proper." It's like you know, that wasn't even. Anyway, don't get me started. Yeah, but it was, it was, it was interesting. It, it, but every character, of course, Chewbacca lived. I'm just, you know, spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. But every character seemed to have some form of finality, whether it was Leia's. Uh, transitioning to the spirit realm. It was really nice to see the clothes kind of just die down and and, and reside, kind of like how Yoda did in, in Dagobah. Um, I really kind of wish that there would have been a moment, and I know I'm kind of fast-forwarding all the way toward towards the end of the film, but I wish there was a really good moment where you got to see Luke and Leia and maybe Han or some kind of flashback scene of the three, the trio, the triad, Uh, together once more on screen whether it was all done in cgi or what but maybe you know how they were telling the backstory of leia mind you leia having a lightsaber and being trained by luke yeah that was that was cool what'd you think about that man that that leia was a jedi
0: yeah man i i really i'm so impressed with what they did with leia in general the fact that they had to and it if you think about it too hard, it is kind of, they're working around the lines that they had from her. But even then JJ handled that so wonderfully. I thought, and adding another layer to her character through this movie is probably the best thing they could have done. And they did that with her. I think her and Kylo Ren, in my Mm. opinion, were the two strongest characters in this movie. Uh, And the fact that they both went out together and I heard a lot of people say, well, why did she wait so long to fade away? Well, I think she knew deep down that Kylo was was not going to make it. So when Kylo faded, she faded, mother and son. I thought that was poetry almost. So I thought that moment worked very very well and those were probably my two favorite characters yeah. in the whole movie.
1: And you know, they did a lot of things with the Force here that had never been discussed or talked about in yeah. terms of, you know, Star Wars lore and canon uh you know yeah. for example the the healing aspect um we saw a little bit of that in mandalorian with uh, baby yoda you know healing mm-hmm. uh, healing mando but yeah. you think about it um in terms of the actual physical jedi transferring their their force their life force to another so they could live and, and that's exactly what happened when you were talking about uh with kylo ren at the end you know ray was mortally wounded and was dying and he pretty much risked himself to save Ray so Ray could finish the job. And and now if you've not seen the the well, you obviously you would have seen it if you're watching the show at this moment, but Palpatine is back. Mm-hmm. Which kind of blew me away. I didn't know he was going to have such a heavy role in this film. I was just sitting there like, Maybe he's a cameo or a ghost on the deskto No, he, he's he's the big bad. Mm-hmm. And how did you feel about that? How did you feel about about Darth Sidious, and and, and all the? This was another thing that was was that was never heard of, talked about. All the Sith were embodied with him, and they all came from him, which means that he would have been the originator of the Sith. Yeah. What is your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, you know, that's a heavy. I would that's a decided, lot. <laughs> In in theory to see him back. Now, I thought he was good in the movie. i take nothing away from his performance. I just, to to me, it kind of negates what Mm. happened to him at the end of Return of the Jedi. It's like, oh, so the entire redemption for Darth Vader is just inert now because he's back, and they didn't even really bother to explain how. No, they didn't. He's back. I'm just like, did, and here's what I think, honestly. I I think Ryan Johnson killed Snoke. J.J. said, well, what are we going to do? Well, let's make Snoke a clone of Emperor Palpatine, just a really bad clone, and let's bring back Emperor Palpatine. But the problem with that is you have to tell us how he's back. Maybe not, maybe that didn't bother some people, but for me that was just a big like we're gonna get an answer. They're going to explain it. And maybe it was just the subtlety of transferring the life force and, and, and Ray, you know, back and forth to Kylo and healing see, that factor my, and whatnot. But it maybe one line would have been nice, but Well,
1: if they would have just spent sixty seconds. In a yeah. quick, you know, flash scene of what would have happened when he fell down the well at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, um, yeah. but uh, my take on it was, and, and and this was I've only seen it once, is during that scene, uh, you know, when we when we're first on what is I can't remember even the planet that the Sith is is part of. Um, oh gosh, yeah, Excel, uh, or something. I know. Anyway, uh, Star Wars fans are going to rip me a new one for that one. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but um, and, you know, live long and prosper. Um, (laughs) sorry, but anyway, there's a, there's a scene there where it cuts and you see these giant test tubes with clones of Snoke in it. You know, you, you see in all these bodies of, of like, I guess it's failed attempts of cloning or possible future representations that are yet to come. And my interpretation was that they're mass producing all these forms where Cidus can transfer his essence into, so he can live. And that was that was the, I guess I, it wasn't explained. It wasn't said in the film, so that is my interpretation of it. But, and then you get this like wide angle shot, and there's this massive robotic limb coming down with cables, and it looks something out of a like a freaking Blade Runner film. And, you know, here's his body attached to it. And it's like, is this thing keeping him alive? Or There's none of it explained. I'm sitting there and I was like, that would be a cool visual to draw. But Mm -hmm. what is it? (laughs) What's up there? Can can, can the camera pan up there and let's see what this arm's (laughs) connected to? Because I want to see what this crap is. Sorry, I started to like, throw it out. But it's just like none of that was explained. Like, how did he live? How, what, all we saw was the scars on his hands from, from Return of the Jedi.
0: It was cool, but it, it would have worked in, in a first film or even a second film. But to never establish this in any other movie. And, and this is my big issue, and this is how I can tell Disney didn't have a plan here, is, you know, in a trilogy, you have to establish things to come in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, well, Austin, they didn't establish Bane and Batman Begins, but what? Ra's al Ghul was established in the first film, and he comes back into play in the third movie, and everything plays off of that storyline. And mm-hmm. same thing with the Toy Story franchise and the Lord of the Ring franchise. Maybe a line or two in The Force Awakens or at the end of The Last Jedi, if J.J. would have been able to direct. Okay, our mission is to now stop Palpatine from coming back, because we know there's now word that he could come back And then in the third movie, he's back. What do we do? It also bothered me that he had this giant fleet. And it just kind of... Yeah, where
1: the heck did that come?
0: Where did that come from?
1: The Last Order.
0: Hundreds of them. And they could each do what the Death Star did. It's like they spent so... And I get it, technology advances, blah, blah, blah. But they spent so much time building that first Death Star. I mean, it was this big, just giant thing. And they built a hundred. Death Star ships in the matter of how many years, and no one. It looked. I mean, no it was, was
1: like a happened. number nobody could number. It was unreal because you look at that wide shot of all those. Like, I'm sitting here looking at all these fleet ships, and I'm like, they all got the cannon on them. I'm like, that's a lot of time to pull off. I mean, they would have had to have been planning this during A New Hope <laughs> mm-hmm. for it to be executed flawlessly, and. And they're rising up out of the ashes. They're rising out of the planet. Like these ships are not floating already. They're coming up out of the the sod, the soil of the. It was not well thought out. And no. you know the one thing, if there's one thing that I don't like about this series, is that there was no solid enemy from start to finish. Yeah. I mean, Kylo Ren is not the enemy. Kylo Ren is an antagonist to the storyline, essentially. You know, he, he he's an antagonist and he sacrifices himself in the end. That's poetic. I it get is. that. That's nice. But Snoke was killed in two. Who's the bad? They, so,
0: they will claim it as Emperor Palpatine, but there was no establishment that he was back in the first two movies. So that's not it, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> that's not it. If somebody's claiming that, that's... That was never in the cards. Now, like I mentioned, I liked Kylo, really everything about his character. I think bringing Harrison Ford back was a big part of the audience accepting that he is now good because without that scene, without that moment, I would have been like, well, you don't have daddy's approval and you killed Han Solo. But now it's like, okay. I mean, and I know it's, it was just a memory, but it was still very well done. My only issue with Kylo's character is why did they have to do that awkward? I'm talking Anakin. Uh, Padme cringeworthy kiss at the end that was so out of left field. Now, it wasn't out of left field because everybody's on Reddit, Raylo, hashtag Raylo. And I'm hearing <laughs> JJ went to Reddit and saw all these things and put it all in the movie. And after seeing that kiss, I'm like, maybe he did. <laughs> maybe. It just it wasn't earned. I like a romance between them, but maybe give me... Maybe split this movie into two parts, and this is something we texted about. Give me another movie of that relationship yeah. before we get an awkward
1: kiss. No, no, no. And you actually hit the nail on the head, and I'm glad you brought that up. Is because, you know, coming out of there, there were so many planets, so many side missions, mm-hmm. so much things that our heroes had to do just to get to Palpatine. All right, so you think about all these franchises before. Why didn't Star Wars and Lucasfilm break the mold and create a two-part finality like... Infinity War Endgame, Deathly Hallows Part 1, Deathly Hallows Part 2, it, it works. I mean, if you've got that much of a storyline, have yourself time to build it out. Release the first film and you have another year to work, you know? But when Disney is handing you this, this card, like, finish the film, yes. do it. It has to be out this Christmas. You don't have a lot of room and there's going to be slip-ups. I don't care if you're J.J. Abrams or Kevin Feige or whoever. You know, deadlines are deadlines, and you can't something something in the franchise of Star Wars has to be handled very delicately, because if George Lucas created something that changed the entire world in terms of marketing, uh, in terms of memorabilia, in terms of franchise and just fandom, George Lucas created that. George Lucas created something that, as a Marvel fan, I'm here today. What do you mean, Joe? Well, let me back up and tell you. George Lucas was such a marketing genius before The New Hope was even released in 77. He had Marvel Comics and Stan Lee on the phone. Can you release comic books about this to create hype and buzz? Giving backstory to the saga I'm about to release? Guess what Stan Lee did? Yeah, absolutely. We'll run a 20-some issue span on Star Wars. Wow. And that's exactly what happened. I have SU-1 in my book in there. Nothing, there was nothing about, and I know I'm ranting and raving, but there was no, like, setting up of a villain. You yeah. think of the the original trilogy, you think of Darth Vader. and oh, Darth really? Vader answering a Darth Sidious. That's darkness. Yeah. You know, even, even Anakin changing in Revenge of the Sith was, was just awesome to watch. Yeah. Yeah, but it's Palpatine out of nowhere.
0: Come uh, on. It, it just to me, Come the, these are all decisions. And even what they did with these, you know, you build up the hype with these new characters and I don't remember their names. Uh, the, Both both women. Carrie Russell played one of them and, mm. and they're in the movie just to serve a purpose. One is Poe's love interest, quote unquote, and the other one is there. Now, what they did with Finn in this movie, even though they're still there, <laughs> that one thing he kept saying in the movie, Ray, I got something to tell you. Wait, I've got something to tell you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They never, they never come back to that. No. Now, I've heard, apparently somebody interviewed JJ and then blah, blah, blah. Can you answer this for us? And he's like, oh yeah, he was force sensitive. That's what that's what JJ said. But it's like, why don't you capitalize on the storyline in the movie instead of waiting to tell us after the film comes out? Because they never went back to that. And then the what they did with the girl, it's like, I, I've ran away from the First Order. Finn could have been like... This savior of former stormtroopers. Like, here's what I went through. But instead, in The Last Jedi, we have the dumb canto bite scene, which is one of my least favorite moments in Star Wars. And I'm sorry, but it ruined the character of Finn for me. It because did. it ruined him, man. And it Rose, did. who I I don't nothing against uh, the actress. My God, the people bombarded her. It's like, please get a The Eliza. Poor lady. But this character is not a good character. <laughs> And in this movie, J.J. basically gives the middle finger to all of these storylines. He's like, Rose, you want to come? Ah. it's just, And it's all these... And I kind of like that. But then in a way, it's like, but you have to acknowledge that there was... You can't just forget about The Last Jedi as much as some people want him to. You can't, because it exists. And I feel like the first 45 minutes of this movie was J.J. doing another Last Jedi, just his version. But the problem is... You can't do that in forty-five minutes and squeeze it in with another film. Dude, and there make was them
1: one movie. There was a lot of cut scenes, Austin. Like wipe, wipe, it was wipe, just wipe, like wipe, wipe, it wipe. was. Like, it's
0: like me on the toilet. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of wiping. <laughs> it's constant. And I'm just what like. in the world? <laughs> like,
1: Who needs Stop. a wipe when you have a bidet? <laughs> anyway, um, I'm just saying. <laughs> but sorry, I think yeah. I think JJ tried to. To dabble on the fact that Finn was force sensitive when he was like, you know, they're looking up and trying to find where the commander was, the command ship that was sending out the signal. And he's like, that's the one, and everyone's like, are you sure? He's like, I can feel it. I know it's the one. But that's the only time. That's it. That's it. Expand on that a little bit. Give us, give us something tangible to go on. Is yeah. it, does Finn become a Jedi? Is he? Is he? Does he have metaclorian counts? What is going on with Finn? We don't know, yeah. but... We
0: don't know, man. We, we really don't know. And we
1: never will know because the story's done unless J.J. has a three-and-a-half-hour cut that we don't know about.
0: Snyder cut, let's go. But down <laughs> to even... And I, I didn't mind what they did. I actually would have preferred at the end, not to skip all the way to the end, but at the end, if Ray would have said Palpatine instead of Skywalker... Josh actually joked. He said, what if Ray instead of saying, what's your last name? Skywalker. Josh said what's your last name Palpatine Then she zapped the lady that asked her but no you you tell her, hey. you tell her Pal- Palpatine because now you're you're yeah, giving that name that represents <laughs> that represents pure evil now you're giving it you're you're turning it and shedding light sorry, on that name man. I thought that would have been better
1: <laughs> I'm laughing at your your brother
0: you're like, trespassing, you're Jedi.
1: What's your name? Palpatine.
0: But another thing about that last scene is, so from your interpretation, Joe, I'm just going to get this from you. Okay. Do you believe that Rey went back to Tatooine to stay isolated on Tatooine? Right? Is, is that what it felt like to you, or was it just to bury the lightsabers? Because if she went back to be isolated on uh, on Tatooine for at least a week, say she was there a week, why was BB-8 with her? BB-8 is not her droid. BB-8 is clearly Poe's droid. They established this relationship in the first movie. When he comes back, and he says, Buddy! And they get they come back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. They, It feels like they don't want to be separated. Why is bb Is it just because it was, it was cute? Let's have the cute little droid. But from a story, from a writing perspective, it makes no sense. No. That is not her droid. They had it there because it was cute. Just You're, I like think
1: I, it it started out in The Force Awakens with BB-8 coming to Ray. That if you remember, BB-8 approached Ray. Well, it was it was Poe that was lost in this in the battle. BB-8 was lost and picked up for scraps. Yeah. And this just so happens she found it and and befriended it, but actually it's Poe yeah. Poe po Dameron's droid. Oh, droid. Yeah. I don't even know if Ray has a droid. In
0: I, I I thought it would have been nicer to have R2-D2 there. 2 Because R2. The, the torch was passed to Ray from Luke. Yeah. And I do believe that should have been the same case with R2-D2. I think that would have been a bit more poetic, but that's, you know. Now, it's to
1: answer to your D2. question about going back to Tatooine and, and, and Luke's home planet and all of that.
0: I did like that, by the way. I, the I
1: thought it was a nice way. touch with the double sun, the double yeah, sunset. I thought true. it was, like, poetic in a way. Like, mm-hmm. they started it out with Luke... Looking out over the dunes and and just wondering his destiny before he chose yeah. to go find Obi Wan Kenobi, and here is Rey back at this back at the home front essentially,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't understand why she was burying Leia's there because Leia was not from there. Yes, you know Luke was yeah. given to the farmers in in secret as Obi Wan was there to protect Luke and oversee, whereas Leia was given royalty her parents were part of the um was it not alderaan
0: yes alderaan Mm
1: -hmm. so it's just like all right so why wouldn't her lights ever go back i I don't know well Alderaan doesn't exist because it was blown away by the death star but it was i guess it would make sense maybe because luke and leia were tied and connected as twins
0: yeah, that, that is a good point. I though, mean man. I, I do believe that. I'm just talking all think, this out. Yeah,
1: I'm just snowballing all this because I don't really have I,
0: I like the idea of that ending a lot. I just don't think I don't think the execution, even when she said Skywalker, it's like, but that's not your name. <laughs> yeah. It's just not. It would have made more sense to me if the title, The Rise of Skywalker. Is more about Ben coming to the light side. Thank you. Even though he's a solo, he's still part Skywalker.
1: But now Rey. Ben is a part of Rey because Ben transferred That's all true. of his energy into Rey.
0: That's true. But even then, it's like she's a Palpatine. You know, she's not a Skywalker. So maybe it works for the title of the movie. That's why they wrote it yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But embrace the name of Palpatine to basically say Palpatine is now on the light side, like a big middle finger to Emperor Palpatine. Like your name now represents good, whereas it used to represent evil. To me, that's more powerful than claiming the name of Skywalker, which is nice and it is in a way poetic, but it also just kind of bugged me the way that they went about doing that. A lot of great ideas in this movie. A lot of wonderful ideas. The battle at the end was great. I think the idea of the ships rising from the ashes and the battle with, with well, Emperor Palpatine was great. But let's also go back to the fact that Ben was fighting the Knights of Wren. Joe, let me ask you a question. Oh, yeah. Who are the Knights of Wren? Do you know what the word Wren means? The
1: word Wren means lightsaber. Okay. Saber of light. So basically okay. they're knights of lightsabers. But who are they? The knights Where do they of they come from? well, the Knights of Ren is discussed in in one of the old Republic documents. But in yeah. terms of, they're an elite force of what do you call those people that? What do you call a samurai who goes rogue? What is that called? I don't know. Yeah, there's a name for them. Shoot, I <sighs> have to go. But they're like outcasts. Okay. But they're they're like peacekeepers as well.
0: Okay.
1: Think Mandalorian. Yeah. Neither pro nor con, but they have agendas. They have things that they work for. And I guess... That
0: sounds... Go ahead. I was going to say, that sounds really cool. That would (laughs) have been a nice thing to explore in these movies. Yes, it would have. That sounds really, really cool. What you just told me is, is awesome. Yeah. So, I still don't know anything about them, because they wasted these characters. That were teased, and this is probably also on Ryan Johnson, mm-hmm. that was that were teased in The Force Awakens to be these really cool epic characters that were most likely going to come into play in the second movie, and nothing. Yeah. They had an opportunity in this movie to maybe give them a bit more fleshing out. We see them following Kylo Ren. I'm like, oh, are we gonna okay, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Did I don't even know if they got a line of dialogue except during the fight scene when they're all going, Ah, ooh, e that's it.
1: Well, so the Knights of Ren are, it's, I, I just Googled it while you were talking. Essentially, they are the right arm of Supreme Leader Snoke. Okay. And Kylo is the leader of that. But that is not the Knights of Ren from canon.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm going to tell you that much <laughs> right now. So, Yeah.
0: all right, so yeah. let's
1: back up for a second. Yeah. There's a lot we're digesting here, and I think, you know, Ray choosing the name Skywalker. Let's let's continue that conversation just for sixty okay. seconds. I think it was, I think I can see why she would want to do that because at the beginning of the I film, can... you think of the you know, The Force Awakens. She is a loner on an island, living literally scrapping the desert to find her next meal. She mm-hmm. doesn't know her origin story. She doesn't know her last name. She just knows her name's Ray, because that's what everybody mm-hmm. calls her. She's basically, if you were to take somebody from Russia who does not speak English and transplant them in the middle of the United States and expect them to live with no job or anything, that's exactly, I'm, I'll use that only as an example. Take somebody from a foreign country, third a third world country, put them in the middle of New York City and expect them to try to make ends meet and live and survive. So if you think about it in that mentality, and then she starts figuring out things about herself that she didn't know. And people started becoming her friends, Leia Organa. And then she becomes trained by the master Jedi himself, Luke. I can see why she would probably want to pick that as a pers- as opposed to her lineage, who's somebody that she didn't even find out to the end of her legacy, yeah, her, her bloodline, because it's such a dark legacy. Yeah. Do you really want to be connected to that? Or do you want to be connected to names that bring light? And positivity, so I can I understand it. it. That was not explored in the film, but that is just me kind of working through that thought process a little bit.
0: I, I yeah, I, I get that. I mean,
1: yes, Ronan, thank you, the, David Farrell. Ronan, a samurai that goes rogue is called a Ronan. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, well, Knights yeah, of Ren Hulk are I, basically Hawkeye and Avengers in yeah. So, okay. basically, Ronan's that's what Knights of Ren's are they're mercenaries, think of Mandalorians, but not Mandalorians, okay, huh. okay. But I'm that, wasn't that, in these that wasn't that great,
0: <laughs> But even then, man, it's like to me, a father figure towards her was more so Han Solo than Luke Skywalker. Because Last Jedi, once again, Last Jedi, uh, portrayed Luke as a jerk. Yeah, he was a jerk. He
1: was he was, he was a, a d- weathered
0: old man who was not very nice to raise. So it's like, and I get you want to embrace the 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 Jedi, but it's like even Kylo says in The Force Awakens, he's like, you look at my father as as a father figure towards you, like you look at Han mm-hmm. Solo as he's your father, and I'm like, yeah, I mean that makes more sense than. But these are all just things that's like, to me, these are things that say that they just, they had to incorporate things without having the time to to explore them. Expand but they them. also made the mistake in ignoring very crucial and important things from the previous movie, even if I think the previous movie botched those things. Mm-hmm. It's just an inconsistent trilogy for See, me. On, it's just,
1: on The Force it's Awakens, they could have spent five minutes in discussing the backstory of the Ronin legacy. Yes. And in Last Jedi, Last nice. Jedi, the Ronan was there, and because Kylo Ren was the one that destroyed the Jedi Temple, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Why did they do that? What was their ambition to destroy mm-hmm. the the folklore of the Jedi? Were yeah. they hired by Snoke to do that? Yeah. I, I, do you have the answers? Because I don't.
0: Now I do like how some things from the Last Jedi. Everybody's saying it completely ignores the Last Jedi. I don't think that's no, true. no, no. The no whole it doesn't force communication between Kylo and Rey was established in The Last Jedi. I thought that was executed really well. Like, there are some really... Now, what are the rules there? It's like, how much matter can we transfer? And the entire, you know, draining the life force and the essence. Since Rey healed a couple of times and she kind of drained her life force a few times during the movie, does that mean her life force is now shortened? Or did Kylo giving her her essence now make her more powerful? It's like, I would have... Like to have known these, but these weren't things that I don't think this movie had to focus on. What it had to focus on were these character arcs that I just don't think were handled very well. Yeah. The and ones char- that I've mentioned so and, far is and, they just they didn't they didn't focus on them.
1: And also the characters that were introduced, Poe's love interest. Um there's no Who backstory there. <laughs> All we know yeah. is Poe was a spice runner. Um uh, there, yeah, there's a lot of things. You know, it, you, you're sitting here and you're hearing us kind of harp on 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 a lot of the negativity. It's really not negative things. It's a lot of nitpicky things that we just picked it up is. on as like things that we wanted more backstory on. Um, mm-hmm. It would have been great. Um, the only backstory that we got was Leia Organa's training as a Jedi.
0: That was great.
1: That was the it. That was. I mean, maybe great. that was the intent. Maybe that's the only backstory we really need to worry about right now.
0: And the first act was so rushed. I mean, so rushed. They flew, literally, uh, they flew through so many plot points and elements. And then the whole Hux thing being the spy, I'm just like... uh, Yeah. And that was uh, another fault of The Last Jedi. They portrayed him as this wimp who gets slapped around, so you have to bring in a new guy that people will fear a bit more. But then he ends up being, you know, the good guy. But we look at what he did in The Force Awakens, man. This is the the Hitler-esque general standing above everyone, killing, destroying, I believe, seven planets in that movie, and now he just turns good, and everybody's like, oh, what you did is fine. We well, just killed yeah. millions and millions you and think, millions of you, people. You think of the big yeah. battle on the
1: salt planet with the red salt flying up and all the people that he killed and yeah. was responsible for? Yeah, yeah. He's good Do now. you think really an, an alliance person's going to be responsible for that many that much blood on his hands? Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and people could argue, well, Kylo came to the light side, but we saw that character progression. Yeah, yeah. We didn't see Hux's character progression. No, we didn't. It was just, I'm the spy. He literally said it like that. (laughs) I'm the spy. I'm just like, where did that come from?
1: That was the worst (laughs) line ever.
0: If J.J. would have had the chance to craft this second film, I think this franchise would have been significantly better. Now, once again, I think there were some really cool things that happened in The Last Jedi. I I think the the, the ship going to light speed. I love the, the throne room battle. I think the way that's filmed and shot is just beautiful. Mm. But J.J.'s story could have been so much better if he would have had that second film to work with. Not that yeah. he wanted it, because he didn't want it. I agree. But Disney needed to say, hey, I agree. we need a plan. Where's and the plan? They should have they broke
1: the happened. mold on the Star Wars franchise and let that one be split into two films Yes, they where should. the first one sets up Palpatine. Yes. And the second one mm-hmm. is the demise of Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And we're giving proper backstories on who the Knights of Ronin are. And all the things that we've been talking about were given knowledge. You think about Marvel, how much time they spent. And I'm not, again, I'm yes. not comparing apples to oranges, but Marvel spent tw- 22 films, 24 films, setting up a backstory of a villain that we really didn't even meet until Guardians of the Galaxy one, mm-hmm.
0: And even with that, many <laughs> movies. They still split the last movie in two. They still split the last movie in two, they did. basically. And this franchise had two movies to build up to this one movie that should have been split into two movies. Yeah, they shouldn't
1: have crammed it all it in two and a half happened. hours. They they shouldn't have crammed yes. it all. You know, they should have split it up and I did agree. two two hour films and made it. Yeah. They could have really I dunno. But these again, these are these are our picky picky rants. I mean we're being very mm-hmm. picky and yeah, we're coming up on ten minutes after the hour, and I want to make sure that we give time to um, uh, give our official review of what we thought yeah. on a scale of one to ten. But um overall, you know there is just plot holes and storylines and character um, quirks behind us. Um, I do feel that there is a sense of finality. I do feel there is a sense of of rest and that JJ did the best he could with what he was given. I said yes. that at the beginning of my review. Uh, it's not perfect by no means. It's not a perfect film, and I'm, I'm hoping on my second viewing uh, tomorrow night on December 23rd that, you know, I'll be able to pick up on, on a few things that maybe I've missed along the way. Austin, have you seen it once or twice already?
0: I was supposed to see it last night. I've only seen it once, and my opinion changes with these Star Wars movies. It feels like every day. So this is one that I'm, I'm praying I get more answers. And if that's the case, then I do think I, I could. I could end up looking back at it as something that is a bit better than I think a lot of people are saying it good. is right now. Yeah. So I hope it, it has good rewatchability.
1: I, I hope so too. And 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 so I do highly encourage you guys to go check out the film and, and make your own conclusions. Don't listen to what me and Austin are saying. I mean, Absolutely. at the end of the, at the end of the day, the one thing I always tell to all of my listeners and friends is like, when you go into a movie, if you're looking to be entertained, that's the main thing. Are you entertained? Are you having a great time? And if you're not, then you might want to go to the next theater. But the thing about it is, I felt really entertained. There were some fan service moments in there that really made me smile. There were some moments in there that kind of felt like I wanted to well up and have a little allergic reaction in my eye. Mm -hmm. The one thing that this film does convey, The Rise of Skywalker, is emotion. And the emotion is more heavier in this film than any Star Wars film to date. Uh, dude,
0: Chewie's reaction when when he learned that Leia was gone—oh
1: god, heart wrenching! Oh my god, Chewie's reaction was heart wrenching, dude. Wow. I mean, Peter Mayhew would probably applaud that yes, if he if he was still alive. God rest his soul. Yes, he but um, amazing film, uh, Austin. Um, I want to go with you on your review. All right, so before we're going to give our official review of the film. Uh, one out of ten. What do you give it?
0: So you know me, man. I, I. This is tough for me because I'm balancing all of the problems that I have with the actual movie, but then I'm also balancing the fact that you you said it. It was entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody tell me in my actual review on YouTube, they're like, did you point out all these nitpicks, but you still gave it a positive review? And I'm like, I had fun. I did. I yeah, it was a I fun time. I can't film. deny I was entertained, and I can't deny there was clear finality to this saga. Um, so right now my score, six being... Uh, a positive. Right now, my score is a six point three out of ten because nice. I I do think this was fun enough to to be considered a fresh yeah. movie, if you will, yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Still don't know why some people are giving it zero out of five on Rotten Tomatoes. It kills me. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, I I do th- I I do have a feeling once I rewatch this multiple times. This is kind of how I feel about Revenge of the Sith. Like I have issues, big issues <laughs> with Revenge is- of the issues. Sith. <laughs> Big issues, man. But I'm I'm at about a 7 with that movie, and I feel like this could end up at a 7. So right now, I'm sticking with my score. I'm going 6.3 out of 10. Uh, but I'm going to watch it again. I'm going to see how I feel.
1: Okay. I see. My review is actually a 7.2. That was the number okay. that I was feeling coming out of the theater. I was like, the fact that I was entertained and emotionally wrecked
0: mm-hmm.
1: when I walked out of the theater was the saving grace for me because I felt like, oh, my God, that I really went on it crazy journey just then of it was it felt like the, the space opera that George Lucas had created yes there was plot holes they could probably make a sequel on the film that they just made because there's so many plot holes in it um, but having said that I felt like you know around a round of seven was am I my, like you my score may change after tomorrow night I may see some things that I missed the first time and be like oh my god how did I miss that mm-hmm. And I may go to a seven point five. You know, I may increase it. But I, as of right now, I'm a seven point two, and um, it's definitely one that is is for the record books. It's it's probably, you know, aside from the Force Awakens, which is probably one of my favorite of the new trilogy. It's definitely the it's it's a good one. It, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to be entertained. I
0: will say this, not to interrupt, but you brought up a really good point just now. This this does feel out of the three movies in the neutral. Out of all of the Disney Star Wars movies, this feels the most like George Lucas.
1: It does feel the most like George Lucas. It, it, it there's it there's it almost as if they were consulting him in the background uh, because yeah. George is the god of the rock opera, I mean, the space opera story. And there were so many elements to Lucas's original 3 that's just like it's just everything was just intricately J.J., like I said, he did the best he could with what he had. He's a good filmmaker. And it's not perfect. And I think if he would have had more time, an extra eight months, or something along those lines, he could have really woven the story together a little bit better. But 7.2.
0: This movie was rushed, too. We can't forget, because Colin Trevorrow was supposed to direct this film. True. uh, And J.J. came in at the last second. I mean, and he even said, we had to finish this script fast. So I do. I I do not blame J.J., Man. No. I do not. I think he is a brilliant filmmaker. Uh, and just down to the choice of bringing back Hayden Christensen for one voiceover at the end as Anakin and, nice. and Mace Windu and and all these characters. I'm like, he cares, man. He cares about the fans. There's mm-hmm. no denying that. There's so no denying. I, I liked his decision making. I really yep. did.
1: Well, um, Luke McCracken. But how do you feel about cats? No, that's another discussion for another day. <laughs> Oh, are you happy you got that reaction, Luke? Because that's recorded live on the stream, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man, you ready to wrap this thing up? Oh, Holy yeah. cow, that was crazy. No more cats on this end. That's insane. Austin? All right. Bring us home, son.
0: Oh, okay. I'm going to furball. I'm going to throw it up in the toilet. Okay, yeah. I'm Austin Burke. At the Burkinator on the Twits and the Instagrams, Austin Burke on YouTube. Uh, we are part of the, the newly formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse. For more great media content, artwork, and more, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Creative Multiverse. If you are creative, you produce content, you have a talent, we want to see it, and we would like for you to share it with us in the multiverse. Guys, do this. I, I'm telling you, it's really cool. If you want to share what whether it's a talent or just a passion, mm-hmm. this is the perfect place to do it. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. If you join, share. That's exactly what That's we it. want. You guys can also connect with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, Pinterest, all at PopXCast. Send us comments and suggestions via email at popxcast at gmail.com. And for future and past shows, you can visit our official website at www.popxcast.com.
1: That's exactly right. And um, I want to say a huge shout out to all of our friends, Mr. Stephen Haywood and Telestream, just all of our faithful watchers and listeners, too. Uh, You guys are amazing. Thanks for hanging with us for the past couple of months while we were kind of away. I will say this much that 2020 is going to be rocking your socks with PopEx content as we come back in the new year and we've got so many great films coming out in 2020 and we're just going to be here to just cover every single bit of it and all your favorite comic book and pop culture news you're going to student, be be stayed right here stay right here PopEx cast we're going to be bringing you some pretty cool stuff and I'm Joseph Burke at Joseph Burke Arts on social media and of course hats off to amazing team PopX yourself want to give a big shout out to my buddy up in Atlanta who couldn't make it tonight Mr. Mike at and I want to give you a huge shout out to Lindsay Badger another one of our co-hosts who couldn't make it tonight but that's it for this episode of PopXCast as we wrap up the last PopEx of 2019 is that weird to say it's crazy dude we're days from 2020 <laughs> what the heck and I'm 40 years old what is going on with us that's insane. Be sure to tune in on episode 105 coming up in the new year. We'll have some great new topics and great new things for you to discuss. And from all of us here at PopX Cast, we want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year. All right? So, take care and we'll see you next time right here on PopX Cast. From everyone at Pop X Cast, thanks for listening. Please make sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Pop Cast, and click the follow button to get our live stream notifications. Drop us an email, popxcast at gmail.com. Be sure to check out this and more great content on the Ghana Geek Network at ghanageek.com. Get your geek on!